Hello and welcome to Wow the podcast. Wow, it is a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons with each other. With each other, sometimes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure uh, for everyone. I am Paul. I'm Paul. And we are here tonight for a very special Make Believe Champions session. Hi, I'm Paul. Hi, I'm Paul. (laughs) Hello. Tonight, I am joined by a couple... Uh, old friends and a couple newer friends. We we go way back. Am I a new friend? You're an old friend. I'm Jeffrey, and I play someone. Dungeons and Dragons. Best character. Hey. <laughs> I'm Alan, and mm. I play Pong, the the, the old Atari game. That's a great game. But do you though? I play Nop. I have in the past. Mm. Quop. Gnop. Nop. Nop. I don't know Nop. Gnop. Quop is really hard. (laughs) You go first. Okay, um, I'm Bryson, a.k.a. Fabulous Dalek, and I play a good amount of spider solitaire on my phone. (laughs) Nice. Okay, okay, there it is. Look at that. I know we were dropping sophisticated phone games. I'm Greg. You don't have to. Um, I'm Greg, Mm. also. Um... And uh, I'm, you know, I'm like on my 850 or something on uh, Wordscapes. <laughs> yep. Nice. Wow, that's a pretty high number. That is. I know a lot of words. Yeah, words are important. We need those. We use some of them tonight. Yeah, <laughs> a few. I hope so. We are looking forward to playing some D and D with you two. Of course, this is the next side story adventure of the champion sessions like we like to do and there may be some familiar character or characters who's going to be in it also known as spaghetti dinner spaghetti. we'll see uh at least the four of you spaghetti definitely spaghetti <laughs> oh yeah spaghetti but before we get into the actual playing of the dungeons and dragons i'm going to roll this large blue 20-sided die that's what it looks like Beautiful. That's what it looks like. It's uh here. I'll hold it up so you. It's know. blue. It actually is blue. It is blue. Yeah. And it's a D twenty. I have a small blue D twenty. <laughs> it is. You've wondered if it was actually blue. Why, why would we say for like hundred and fifty episodes that it was blue? <laughs> I don't know. You can't prove it. It's actually orange. You could have been lying the whole time, or you might be colorblind. You know, I don't know. Could have been lying the whole time. Well, that's not a good roll. What is it? That's a bad roll. A three. 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 Good for us. Let me just say, the record is unclear as to whether high rolls or low rolls are actually better for the group. Yeah, I don't know. You just never know. Yeah, I've always felt like high rolls actually are better. <laughs> Sometimes. Are you are you rolling to kill us or rolling for the quality of the episode? Well, that's the question, isn't it? But it's not one that I'm at liberty to answer right now. Ooh. Let's get into okay. some. Uh, let's get in some Dungeons and Dragons. You guys ready to play? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready, Jeffrey? Okay, I changed my mind. Can we back out? <laughs> All right, show's canceled. See y'all later. Oh, okay. Oh, well, bye. Well, okay. All right. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Alan left. All right. Alan, you disappeared. 
let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get started. Let's get started. So we begin in... Monumi. A kitchen. Oh. Someone is off to one side, digging around in cabinets, uh, pulling out a bunch of scrolls and pilfering through them. Uh, on the other side of the room, there is a figure standing, watching and waiting as his, uh, let's say, friend, acquaintance, is digging through these scrolls looking for something. Why don't you describe yourself, Jeffrey? So, a character has dirty blonde hair that mm-hmm. is probably still disheveled looking. He had just shaved not long ago. He's got a scar over his eye. One eye. Mm. It's kind of faded now, though, right? A little faded, yeah. It's just like a regular-looking scar, not a demonic-looking scar. On the other side of the room, the tall, dark-skinned figure turns, uh, holding an armload of these scrolls, and he says, Well, Vance, if you'd like to help me look through these scrolls, I'm sure we can find one of sending here. Uh, I'm sorry, I I need to go through them. I thought for sure I'd have one in uh, in my den, but apparently not, but... I'm certain there's one through some of these here, but you take some, you look through them, I'll look through these, and we'll find one. Okay. Shouldn't you have had these organized, though? I, I said, I, I've been meaning to. Oh. Um, you just you know. had other business that was more important. Well, yes. I have lots of important business. Like baking cookies. Yes. <laughs> and then I start looking at these girls. You know... For someone who is about to eat some of these cookies, you're doing an awful lot of complaining, Vance. They could be poisoned, for all I know. <laughs> They're certainly poisoned, but not enough to kill you, just enough to, you know. Anyhow, this is silly. Let's find the sending so you can reach out to this... What was his name again? Um, Jimalil. Jimalil? Or is it Jamalia? Jimalil. It's Jimalil. Jimalil. Karth. Karth. All right, well... Uh, the Shade continues to dig through his scrolls, looking for one of sending. Uh, Vance, you look through some as well. Uh, after a few minutes, he... Ah, yes, of course, here it is. I know, I told you there were scrolls of sending here waiting for us. All right, here, let's clear off a spot. And uh, he goes over to the table, he clears off a spot for it, he kind of stretches it out. Go, go ahead and, and just read over that for a moment. Um, you'll have to be the one who's... Uh, doing the incantation while I grab these cookies. And he goes over and he uh, opens up the oven and gets the cookies out. Now, how does it work, Paul? It's very simple, actually. A spell of sending, you pretty much just, in this case, you're going to read it off. Now, legit D&D rule is that a sending spell has a 95% chance of success even on another plane. So you can send a short message of 25 words or less to a creature with whom you are familiar. They hear the message in their mind. They recognize you as the sender if they know you, and they can answer in like manner immediately. It says you can send the message across any distance and even to other planes of existence. But if the target's on another plane, there's a 5% chance the message doesn't arrive. Now, you have no idea where Jim is, but you have this scroll. You have cookies, so you have everything that you need to send it. Mm. I mean, the cookies aren't actually necessary, but they don't hurt. They help, for sure. They definitely help. Can I have some? Maybe. Are they peanut butter or ginger snaps? Ginger snaps, for sure. Okay. Are they actually like raisin cookies, but they look like they're chocolate chip? No, no, no. There are no raisins. I hope not. No, we don't do raisins in this house. <laughs> Sorry. That is poison. Excuse me. <laughs> well, Vance, uh, here, have a cookie. He hands you a cookie. 
I ate the cookie. It's delicious. You die immediately. Mm. Roll me a constitution <laughs> saving throw. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> no. All right. Well, uh, let's... Um, he he take... Mm, these are delectable cookies. Let's make a, a call, shall we? Yes. He, like, takes you... He shows you which part of the incantation to read. He kind of goes through it a couple times with you to make sure you've got it. And then he tells you to go ahead. Just think of Jim in your mind as you're reading this incantation and then begin to speak and... Well, hopefully he'll hear you. Jim, I hope you've been doing well. I've actually been through hell and back looking for Guy, and I hear that you are... That's it. You're out of words. I hear that you are... (laughs) (laughs) I need you to take your percentage dice and roll them. 60. You're good. You just had to get over a five. Uh, You did it. Nice. Uh, Jim. Yeah. You are walking through a forested area. It is nice weather. Gentle breeze is blowing. Uh, You have your traveling companion alongside you. What is Jim wearing? What's he doing? Is he just in his regular old roby eyes? He's in his robe of eyes, but he's a bit unkempt. Unkempt. His hair is long. He's got bags under his eyes. Oh, no. He looks like he has been hard put to it lately. Mm, been a tough few days, huh? Yeah. Uh, alongside him, there is walking another figure, a lady figure, you might say. Lady. And uh, Bryson, why don't you describe your character? No, wrong, <laughs> wrong character, Alan. That's that's Brackle. Oh, that's your cousin Brackle. That's your cousin Brackle. Yeah. Yes, I'm actually playing Brackle tonight. Oh no, um, she has very dark. Red oh. hair, like almost like a burgundy color, but a lot of it's going to be hidden under this giant floppy yellow hat. Cool. That has yes. like a flower on the top of it. It looks like <laughs> like a Sunday hat that like a woman would wear. Nice. Or something like that. Like a derby hat. And hat she has like this deep burnt orange skin color. Oh. And clashing marvelously with that, she is wearing a um purple tunic that is kind of rough around the edges. Looks like it may be a little bit worn. And then some pants, leggings-ish that might be kind of a fadedish green color. Okay. And then over top of that, she's wearing this, what looks like some kind of military jacket oh. of some various type. It's kind of got a little bit of mud splashed on it. Like, you can tell that she, like, mm. wears this... Literally all the time, regardless of what she's doing, and wow. probably doesn't keep up with her laundry. <laughs> so. It's a very specific style. Yes. <laughs> I love it. What's this character's name? Her name is Adelina. Adelina. And would she be talking as the two of you are walking? Um, Most likely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And she's also probably got like some kind of pen out, and mm-hmm. she's either got like a little scrap of paper on her arm or she's just like straight up writing on her arm as she goes just like random thoughts as they come to her because she's kind of like always going gotcha so as the two of you are walking and she is talking Jim you hear a voice in your head and you immediately recognize the voice as your old pal Sir Vance off the wall Vance where are you Jim come on come on Jim 
Oh, sorry. Uh, and you hear the same message that he just said, whatever that was. It's it's in the past now, and I have no idea what it was. It got cut it was off. Something along the lines of "This is Vance," and it obviously because he stopped. He forgot to yeah, count. You obviously, he obviously got cut off halfway through. Well, Jim is startled mm-hmm. and a little disheveled and a little discombobulated, you might say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. His his combobs has been discombobulated or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> So, (laughs) he, after hearing that, is going to pull out his Book of Shadows. Uh Uh-huh. And then realize that his new ability requires that creature to write his name in it and then put it away. Because it's useless. (laughs) I kind of, like... (laughs) Since I was just kind of walking and talking with him, I kind of, like, take a few steps before I realize that he got distracted. And I'm like, you okay, bro? <laughs> oh, uh, so- someone someone I know just sent me a sending, and it got cut off, and it was it was confusing. And then I remembered that I, I've learned a new skill with my Book of Shadows where I could scribe a message to, to cast sending to them, but I forgot I haven't seen my compatriot since I've got this ability, so he hasn't written his name in the page, so I can't send it to him. So he's not in my contact list, in other words. Okay, mm. okay, but like, like, who, who is it? Who is it? Where are they from? That's uh, from uh, the, the place, oh man, not Brightport, the one to the south, the uh, where Brackle's from. You can do it. My cousin. So you're saying like, like from, from, from Manumi, from right? From Manumi, yes. Uh, ah! Branchire, that's the name. That's so Brand- oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, uh, it can transcend the planes apparently with his sending. Awesome. Branshire, I can't remember. Branshire, uh, that's such a weird name. Yeah, it's named after all of the the bran that they harvest there. Please. Wait, what's bran? <laughs> Save me. Some kind of wheat thing, I think. I, I don't. Save me. I'm from not this. a horticulturist. Horticulture. She's like, she's like writing this down. <laughs> so you're technically supposed to respond immediately, Jim. So. You know, there's a time on these things. You need to. You need to respond. Pieces of grain husk separated from flour after milling. <laughs> She's writing all this down. <laughs> uh, Vance, One. you got cut off. Stop. Literally, the hills. Stop. Did you see anything cool? Let me know. Stop. It's eighteen. How many do I have? Twenty-five. So I got seven more. Mm-hmm. Don't overthink it. He's overthinking it. He is overthinking it right now. <laughs> Why are you calling, bro? Stop. Stop. Okay, that's fine. Just so you know, I did count every stop. You hear that. Uh, cut back to Vance in the Shade, who are frantically digging through more scrolls, trying to find another sending, because they're going to need another one since Vance ran out of words in the first one. <laughs> Vance, I told you there are only 25 words. You have to take consideration into what you're going to say. You can't just pratter on. You know what I'm saying? You understand, right? I was just trying to get a message for... Uh, you hear the response come through from Jim. Did we get a scroll? Here, here's another one. Just think uh, concisely here. Yes, there was a lot of cool stuff. Found guy in the astral plane, but still need his body. Bob Moore. And thought you could help. There you go. Well done. All right, you hear that, Jim, in your ears, or in your mind, rather. Your mind ears. Your brain's ears. Adelina's, like, 
read, leaning in close because like she's kind of half hoping she can hear it, even though she knows that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I might can help. Stop. <laughs> Atonia's realm collapsing. Stop. Lots to do. Stop. Come visit. Stop. Here my here's a I've dropped a pin on my Numi maps. Stop. <laughs> okay, twenty-four. That's just right. You got it. You receive this response. Now, uh, as you send that response, Jim, as he is sending to you you can sort of like pinpoint him um, because you're traveling between planes. You know when traveling between planes, you need a sort of waypoint um, to open a gate, like something, some connection, right? You need that connection to open a, a door between the planes. So when you come here, you always come to places where you have been and you can you can connect to when you open that, that gate. And so you are now, you know that you can open a gate from here to Servance. If you would like to do that. I do that. Adelina, you see uh, Jim do what? What does Jim do after saying that? He pulls out his orb, holds it aloft. It starts glowing. And he's like, you know, doing some, some moving his hand around it while there's yeah. like a cloudy yeah, yeah, yeah. that's following his hand inside mm-hmm. the orb. Mm-hmm. And then he, he says some words. I assume this is verbal. If not, Jim adds sure. it for a flare. For sure. And then uh, a, like, it looks like a hologram projector shoots out of the orb. Uh And it's almost like it's hitting a a, uh, projector screen that's not there. And then that slowly uh, fades into a gate where Servants lives. Yeah, and this is a, and this is a triangular gate. Uh, This is, this is a, something that Atonia showed you how to do. it does take a bit of juice to accomplish it, but you open the door and looking through the gate, Vance. So you can't actually see what's on the other side. It's it's just a gate of like white light. But Vance, uh, as you and the shade are frantically digging through scrolls again, trying to find another one, then the shade is this is ridiculous. I, we should have should have put more thought into this. I, I could have prepared a few of these. It wouldn't have taken that long. Uh, you hear the sound of this gate opening up behind you. This gate appears probably, I don't know, 30 seconds after you hear the message come back from Jim saying you should come visit. Oh. Are you are you coming with us, Shay? I'm afraid not. I, uh, uh, there are, no, no, I won't, I won't be, be doing that. But listen here, and he, um, he grabs a, a small bag that he has set to the side. This contains within it everything that you need to perform the ritual of resurrection, including the diamond. Uh, Don't worry, you can pay me back later. There is also a list of the incantation. Assuming that this Jimalil is as powerful as you say that he is, surely he can help you with the task while you are there. I mean, do you see the gate he just made? I do, it's quite impressive, I have to say. The, uh, the power of a champion of the gods, even one that is deceased on display. But after all, who knows how long this might last, so take your stuff. I grabbed the cookies and the bag. Uh, wh- the cookie? Goodbye. Uh, but th- I want to- <laughs> and then he's gone. Jim takes a cookie immediately as Vance steps through. <laughs> plucks you one. see Sir Vance step through, Jim. 
And you do recognize him as Sir Vance off the wall, but he also looks different from last time you saw him. Got a big nasty faded, but big scar on his eyeball. And it looks kind of bedraggled. Darker clothes. Yeah, darker clothes. A little thinner. So Adelina was like totally chill with like the whole triangle porter thing. So I mean like, mm. nah, that's fine. That's just magic. Nah. Yeah. But then like as soon as Sir Vance steps through, she's just like, <gasps> is that, is that, is, is that, is, is that like, are you human? Would you like a cookie? What's a cookie? <laughs> I hold out the cookies. Is this, is, I take the cookie and I'm like, is, is this Monumian food? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> and so then like before eating it, I'm going to like, she digs through her pockets and mm. she pulls out another scrap of paper because she filled up the other one and she starts like describing the cookie and mm. she draws a little picture of the cookie. It's <laughs> not a very good picture. And then she just slowly, slowly raises it up to her mouth and she takes a teeny tiny bite. She's like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> this is the best day ever. <laughs> uh, Jim. Yeah. There's a Sir Vance. Sir Vance, it's good to see you. Uh, so what, what, yes, guy, right, right. Um, if you didn't know, uh, Atonia, my patron goddess, has, uh, shuffled off the mortal coil that I didn't know she had, and so her, her whole realm here is collapsing, and it's bad, it's not good, it's in fact rather bad, and we're trying to help all of the, anyway, guy was here. I don't know where he's at now, but I might can help you find him. We're trying to do a survey of this whole place. We're trying to get everybody out of here before it collapses. And guy includes everybody. Wait, there was another human here. He was a dead human, but yes. And you didn't tell me. I didn't know where he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was in repose. You're, you're not supposed to disturb a human in repose. But, like, I've never gotten to actually, like, really look at human anatomy before. Not, like, you know, anything gross or anything, but just, like, I don't know. I could have drawn it or something. I could have written stuff about it. That would have been so cool. Uh, yeah, well, y- here's a live one uh, to make it up. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. This is true. This is true. She's going to start writing this down. Hmm. I can help you with your business of getting people out. But most importantly, I would like to find Guy while I'm here. Yes, well, he might be in Atonia's tea cubby where she used to spend her rest time and leisure time. Atonia's she shed. Her she shed, exactly. Mm, Yes. Uh, where she had tea and little finger sandwiches and crumpets, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know what a crumpet is, but I've heard they're good at tea. Mm. But before then, OV would probably know better. But for now, I'm we're on our way to the Fuerbolg village to tell them to get out of Dodge and help them do such a thing. And uh, once once there, we can go see OV. Yeah, I've I've met some Fuerbolg. They're they're weird. Like they they don't care about they don't care about Manumi at all. That or I'm the weird one. I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. I don't hang out with them all that much because we we don't don't have any common interests. So I don't know. Should be fun though. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. 
Okay, well, we'll do what we can. I mean, you can't, you can only do so much to convince people of things in their best interests, but we'll at least give it the college try. The old college try. Wait, what's a college? It's like a university. We don't <laughs> have those here. Do you have learning locations? I mean, kind of. They're usually like forest glades and stuff. Is it a forest glade? We'll go with that. It's like a forest glade, but somebody talks to people who want to hear things. Interesting. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> okay, she writes this down. And there are student athletes. So are you all moving forward? I am. Yeah. Okay. Then I would follow. So, like I said before, where are you guys at? Where are you guys at? Where you got? Where, where you, you all at? are is like at? a uh, like a forested area. Um, you know, there, this what much of this place is where you're at right now looks almost like a normal Manumi style forest, um, and you haven't been inside this area very long since you entered through the gate. But you are you know in this this area this section is where the Fearbulk village lies. It's in the center of this forest. Now, Adelina knows where that is, and so she is kind of leading the way. Jim, you have never interacted with the Fearbulk because you've always been told the Fearbulk are not interested in having visitors from Manumi, even though you have a certain amount of clout uh, here in the Grove amongst all the disparate races and folks of Atonia's Grove, of which there are many. Because of your connection to Atonia as her champion, uh, they've all just kind of said, "Yeah, the fear ball just like to be left alone." But now that the whatever you want to call it, after now that the grove is collapsing on itself, as you said, this storm that is going through each subsequent area and wiping out these places from existence, uh, you know it's it's now or never. It's time to go see the fear ball and try to convince them to come on. So you all are not very far from the moment that Vance joins you, from uh, reaching the outside of the village. Are you guys planning on just walking right in? How should we approach this? Should we walk in? Should we send a delegation? Is there any sort of ritual? or? There's three of us, so I don't really know how we'd send a delegation because there's there's not very many of us. So. Okay. So let's, let's be a delegation ourselves. Yes. <laughs> a delegation unto yourselves. I, I start walking... Kind of walk forward, you know, just kind of face front, not trying to hide anything, very upfront about what's going on. Pretty soon you walk up and you can hear uh, voices as you get closer, kind of off in the distance. And um, you're walking through a forest. It's not like a tightly packed forest of trees, but, you know, you're walking through. You can see up ahead. Um, you start to notice signs of life. You know, it looks like the paths are more trodden. Uh, there's like a, a road, if you want to call it that, just a, walk, a walking path leading forward into the middle of what opens up pretty quickly into like a large open glade uh, that is covered in huts. And there are a few in trees. Most of them are on the ground um, all around this large area. Open. Most of the trees toward the center of, of this village especially have been cut down. And you see Fearbulk. Now, this is the first time that you've ever seen Fearbulk, Jim. At this point, Adelina hops up and she spreads out her arm and she says, Behold, the Fearbog University. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, what, what, are they, what are you studying? Well, you said that they were forest glades. As people start uh, noticing you all as you are declaring the university, uh, they start kind of eyeing you strangely. A child 
Uh, short, they've got large, sort of like bulbous noses, bluish skin. Um, they look pretty hardy, like they're pretty tough. Uh, but there's a small one who kind of looks up and sees you, a young girl, and then she gets like wide-eyed and runs, runs back like into a hut over nearby. You see some other people kind of take a look at you guys and then slink back into their hut. Uh, finally, one comes forward, a, a gentleman, Fearbold, a big fella. He's wearing what looked like some kind of uh, rough, like, working leathers, and he has a staff in his hand, like a, like a walking stick uh, or a shepherd's staff, not like a, like a spellcasting staff. And he walks up towards you all, and he says, Hello, uh, what, what business do you have with the Fearbold? I reach down and give his nose a friendly honk. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Is there such a thing? <laughs> Is this a Manumian custom? <laughs> I, I don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> we come on behalf of Atonia seeking to help those being displaced by the collapse of her realm. You, you, you wish to see the faithful. Do I know what that means? You don't. Um, you can roll me an insight check. I want to roll me an insight check. Try to put it together. I got a nine. Okay. Nice. Seems like something to do with Atonia. Uh, sure. Atonia's faithful. Yes. Yes. I was her champion, so I shall like to see her faithful. Uh, his eyes get pretty big at that. Uh, come follow me. I will take you. I will follow you, and I follow he turns and he starts walking. Uh, he takes a right, heads kind of like into the woods in that direction. Uh, you all walk along and you see more of this. You see more of these fear bulgs, some looking out windows in the huts, some like kids peeking out from behind trees and others. Some of them give you some, I mean, I'm not going to lie, straight up hateful looks. Uh, like get up out of here type faces on some people. Like we smell like beef and cheese. Yeah, you smell like beef and cheese. I wave at everybody. They look like a little bit, you know, questionable toward you, Adelina, but they're especially giving Jim the stank eye. Uh, they, they do not know what this dude is or what he's doing here. They've definitely seen uh, Eladrin before, but this guy, like him and Vance, the two of them, they're like, what are these dudes doing in our village? Anyway, you guys walk on. Do I know what the faithful means? Uh, Roll me a history check. Um, 15? Okay, you're pretty sure that the faithful is their word for like a, like a holy man, like they're um, not not a chieftain, but like a chief cleric sort of thing. Even though you don't have clerics here, you know what I'm saying? One who whose life or job is to speak with Atonia and appeal to Atonia. Alrighty, so I'm gonna be like, psst, psst, Jim, Jimmy. Yeah. Yes. Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. Please call him Jimmy. <laughs> And then I'm going to <laughs> relay that information. Okay. Like, those those guys, they're like they're like holy dudes. They're like kind of in charge, but they're also kind of like just holy dudes. <laughs> holy dudes. <laughs> okay. Okay. This dudes. could be. Seems like the who we want to talk to. <laughs> yeah. The fearbolg that is leading you all stops. Uh, he like plants his staff into the dirt and he points forward toward a hut. Uh, I approach the hut. Is it Jabba? It is not. <laughs> is it the twins? It's the twins. Bakodaba. Oh, no. <laughs> you do notice a symbol of Atonia crudely carved on 
uh, a wooden sign above the like you know it's not like a wooden door on the front of this hut it's more like a like a like a leather sort of thing hanging down over the door but you see the symbol of Atonia crudely carved into something over the top and as you step forward this fearbolg uh, he turns around and leaves uh, a figure steps out another figure another uh, fearbolg steps forward and finally Greg Greg why don't you describe your character to us so uh, a fearbolg steps out of the hut mm. and he, he's you know he, he looks maybe typical fearbolg he's got the bluish skin he's got kind of orangish reddish hair oh it's fairly long and it's, he's kind of got some braids like maybe on the sides oh and cool maybe it's kind of just kind of vaguely and you can't see it yet but kind of braided in the back maybe and he's got just not a, a huge beard but you know it's it, it kind of comes down to a point his chin looks looks maybe aggressive oh tack beard and uh maybe some <laughs> he might need some pruning of his eyebrows but oh, um, pretty wild, but, some wild he, he looks fairly you know i don't know um groomed maybe for a for a fear boat Okay, he's he's wearing some uh, deep forced green robes, but uh, maybe they kind of stop at his knees or something. You know, it looks like you know you can get out and work in them. Mm. Um, not too obstructive. Mm. Just some regular trousers and boots, and um, he's carrying a maybe like a, a staff. Looks like it's made of maybe birch or something. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look too old, but you know it's he's had it for a little bit. He's fairly tall, maybe about seven four. Um, oh goodness. Wow. <laughs> Fairly tough. Well, I think you know most fearbogs are kind of you know yeah on that end. Um, but for a fearbog, he's maybe a little thinner. Okay. Then uh, most of them, he's more lithe. So he he steps out and he uh, sees the group and he kind of frowns. Is he there alone? Uh, right now, it's just you outside facing the three of them. Okay. Does he got any buddies inside the hut? The only buddy inside the hut would be the faithful. Okay. Or who you would just call faithful, not the faithful. He's gonna come out and he's kind of plants his staff and, and gives a, a very visible frown to the group, and then uh, he's gonna turn around and kind of peek his head back in, and uh, he's gonna call in and or does he know the faithful? Would he just call him faithful or would he call him? He elder would call or something? him faithful. His name is his name is Brigid, but you pretty much only refer to him as faithful. So he's gonna peek his head in. He's gonna say this in. Um, what, what would they speak? You think Druidic or? Uh, we'll just say they have their own native, native tongue. Okay, Fearbog. Yeah, Fearbog. we'll call it Fearbog. Fearbogies. Yeah, we'll just call it Fearbog. Okay. He's gonna he's gonna pick in. He's gonna say, "Faithful, we have outsiders." Yes, I have been expecting outsiders. You may welcome them in, Baldacor. As you wish. Baldacor. Yes, faithful. Show them a kindness. As you wish. Yeah, says begrudgingly and um, turns back out. <laughs> He's going to kind of maybe walk a few paces, mm. you know, kind of approach him. Mm. Big dude coming towards you. Strangers, you come to see the faithful? Hello, yes. I am Jamalil Karth, <laughs> the champion of Atonia, and this is an odd gesture for them to introduce themselves. I'm Adelina. Adelina Fabella. I'm actually from here. They're not. It's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sir Vance Off the Wall, a human also from Manumi. Recently returned from the Nine Hills. Oh no. Why would you say that? <laughs> just for fun. Just just for fun. When Jim says that he's a champion of Atonia, mm. um, would that Mean anything to you? 
You have de- so you have definitely heard of him. You know who he is. You know, not know him, but you know who he is. You know that he is Atonia's chosen champion from Monumi. That she has chosen a mortal, if you will, to be her her champion, her avatar, and that he has been around these parts quite a bit over the last couple of years. Uh, he's never come here, but you've definitely heard stories of him. His, his gaze will linger on Jim, inquisitively. But, mm. um, he will he will nod respectfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still frowning. The faithful was expecting you, champion of Atonia. And he's going to kind of gesture to follow him. Follow. Do you lead them in, Valdecor? Yeah, I'll kind of gesture to kind of follow me, and then okay. I'll stop by the door. Okay. You all walk by him? Yes. You enter in. It is a simple hut. There is a large sort of rug in the middle of the floor. And there is an old Fearbolg. He is not not overweight, but you can tell he's like older and put, he's kind of got a little belly. He is naked from the waist up. Uh, from the waist down, he is wearing similar sort of like trousers to um, your friend Valdecor here. I say friend very loosely. And uh, he has a staff laid across his waist or his his legs here rather and he is sitting he definitely looks quite a bit older than any of the other fear bulk that you have seen so far his hair is long braided running down his back uh, with two small braids on the sides hanging down uh, beside his beard which is full and thick and gray welcome travelers hello what can the faithful do for you run hi <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> we are here on behalf of Atonia, seeking all of the residents of her realm as it collapses, trying to help with resettlement and preservation. You are Atonia's champion, yes? Yes. I am the faithful of the Fearbolg. My given name is Brigid. It is nice to meet you, Jemalil Karth. Hello, it's nice to meet you as well. And our pleasure to have a daughter of the forest with us as well. He gives a little bow to Adelina. Adelina um, kind of zoned out because she started taking notes on (laughs) Vance. And then she kind of glances over and she's like, oh, hello. (laughs) And then she gets back to um, taking notes about Vance. (laughs) He turns his eyes on Vance. So uh, I just want to note, Voldecourt... You know, as they walked in, he's going to kind of circle around them and go stand beside the faithful. Yes. Maybe a little in front of him. Very good. Very good. And you, human. I am a human. What is your name? Servants off the wall. Hmm. This is a title of honor. Sir? Yes. I am a knight. Mm. Of Branchire. Thank you all for coming. We appreciate your concern. How have you been, Jimalil? I have been better. Uh, but all things considered, I suppose I'm doing all right. How fares the Firebolgs? Our people are strong. He says, and he kind of looks up at Valdecor. This is my apprentice. Our people are proud, and this is our home. 
given to us by Otonia. We have all felt her passing. It has brought us much sorrow. We have mourned. We still mourn, but we survive. I'm glad to hear that you are surviving. As the storm encroaches, I want to ensure that that survival continues. Do you have any plans for escaping the storm? You speak of the darkness that approaches. That is correct. Our people have no intentions of vacating our homes. Darkness or no. Okay, but like you're gonna die though. He turns and looks at you, Adelina. And he looks, he's got like one of those real friendly faces, like a grandpa you could really like, you know? Hmm. But when he looks at you, his eyes are very like deep and intense. Like in his eyes. It's not necessarily his face, it's just his eyes. Daughter of the forest, we must all eventually die. I mean, yeah, but you don't have to die right this second. Are you here to kill me? No? What? I'm confused. Then I don't suppose I shall be dying right this second. <laughs> Certainly. Okay, I didn't mean that literally. <laughs> Jim pulls out his book of shadows and mm-hmm. a quill and starts doing some calculations. Mm. And he would like to try to figure out what time they will die given the current advancement of the storm. Okay. Well, why don't you uh, why don't you give me some kind of roll for that? Roll us a mathematics check. Yeah, give me a math a maths check. Okay. Oh, what would that be? Assuming that this is a magical in nature arcana. Arcana sounds good. It's definitely an intelligence-based skill, so Arcana is fine. Arithmancy? Yeah. Uh, That would be a 14. Okay. So you don't know when exactly, but you do know that we're talking at most days, at the lower end, hours. Well, maybe not this second, Sir Firebolg, faithful man, person. Brigid. Faithful. Brigid. Yes, Brigid. You may call me Brigid. Yes, Sir, Sir Brigid. Maybe not right this second, but it could be a matter of hours or days should you choose to remain here. But should you choose to leave and resettle, you could live yet more centuries. Sir, I implore you, do not throw away years and centuries of life for a patch of land. But we are not seeking to throw away our lives, Jimalil. We are a simple people. I would see our people continue. But, although I am the faithful, I am the speaker of Atonia, or at least I was, I am not the chieftain of our village. Chieftain Gorbolg is a stubborn man. If you wish to convince our people to leave, then he is the one with whom you must speak. I might be able to help with that if I saw fit. He looks up at Valdicor. Apprentice. Yes, Faithful. What do you think of these three? He says, waving a hand at the other three. They speak of calamity. 
Indeed. But I wonder we should not heed them. Oh? You think we should leave our home? Forgive me, Faithful, but what reason do we have to stay? If our lady is gone. His eyes go kind of downcast. And then he reaches up and, like, grabs you by the forearm and, like, pats you on the forearm, kind of, like, consolingly, you know? If Val Decor thinks that we should leave, then perhaps we should go and speak to the chieftain. He rolls over onto his knees and then, like, kind of slowly picks himself up. He's, like, getting up onto his feet. Takes him a second, you know, he's old. Takes the staff and he just starts walking, walks out the door. I would gesture for them to follow. I follow. Sir Mance. You put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> and, and soon, soon you'll, you'll be, be walking, walking across the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. So y'all walk across the floor and out the door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you get outside and Faithful is leading you forward the way that you came back into the center of the village. And you all did notice a large hut kind of up ahead of you, the largest hut that you've seen since you got here with multiple entrances, all of which are open. There's not like a door over them, closing them up or anything. Uh, and it is actually built like around a tree and has some layers that go up from tree it, kind of like multiple huts coming out of the center of a tree on top of each other stacked. Almost like a canopy. It's a hut skyscraper. Almost like a can- it's like a canopy. It's kind of like the Ewok Village. Yeah, it's a lot like Ewok Village, actually. You, uh, you yep, follow nope. them forward, and nope. you come to the center of the village. People are staring at you, but there's a little bit, there's maybe even a little bit more of a commotion now that you are walking with the faithful and his apprentice. People are kind of coming out and looking at you and whispering to themselves and, and all that good stuff. And Jim, uh, you see a, a, a few as you're walking through, why don't you roll me an insight check, another insight check, Jim? And, and you can all do that if you want to. Except for Baldacore, you don't have any reason to roll this one. Nine. Well, I do wonder, um, could I roll to see, you know, if maybe not Jim, but maybe like Vance or something is maybe up to no good or just get a vibe about him? Okay, yeah, I mean, you can do that. I got a 15 on the inside. Okay. I rolled a dirty 20. Nice. Okay. Ooh. So, Jim, uh, you're focused pretty solely on Brigid, the faithful, as he's leading you all forward. Adelina, you and Vance are both kind of looking around side to side, you know, kind of checking people out. You all notice some glances that don't look unwelcoming, but straight up hostile. You see a couple of guys off to one side looking over towards you, like whispering to each other with their eyes locked on you all, with like uh, their hands on weapons on their waists. And you see one whisper to another, and he takes off, like, running through the woods. Like, in, not running, but exiting, like, behind and through the woods. And just, there just seems to be some unrest. Like Homer Simpson in that meme. Uh, yeah, he just slowly backs just, away, like, backs up into the bushes. <laughs> I watch the person backing up into the bushes, and I'm like, well, that seems sketch. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. You all come to the primary hut of the chieftain, and there is a large seven-and-a-half-foot-tall lady standing there with large bulging muscles, uh, and she has her hair pulled back in a tight like ponytail, but her head's like shaved on the sides, and uh, she has a big, what looks like a war hammer strapped to her back. She, as you all walk up, she lowers her head to the faithful, and she says, Faithful? Yes, we have business we need to speak with Gorbok, if you would please. Would you see Valdecor's roll? 
No, what was it? To check if I'm up to no good. What was it? 23. He is definitely up to no good. You don't know what kind of no good? <laughs> oh, no. But you do not trust What's that the guy. Something? No, I'm just kidding. He, he seems a little bit like a fish out of water to you. You know that Jim is singularly focused on this mission that he just told you all about. But Vance seems distracted, like something else is bothering him. Something else is on his mind. Not, you don't get a bad vibe from him. You say that. Okay. The large, muscular lady gives a little bow of the head and then steps aside, allowing uh, the faithful, along with his companions, to enter in. As you do, this hut is, like I said, pretty large. Uh, right in front of you, there is a um, like an area kind of like there was in the other, with like rugs and like cushions. And there are a couple of people seated on them. They look up and see you as you walk in. A couple of children sitting there playing some sort of game with like figurines between them. They're rolling dice and writing numbers down on paper. I'm just kidding. And you all see from one side, you hear a voice call out, Welcome, faithful. And you see a fearbulk stand and walk towards you all. And he is wearing the nicest clothes of any fearbulk that you've seen. Still like handmade stuff, like leathers and things. But he has a lot of these like sort of, uh, not necklaces, but it's like a necklace, I guess, made of like stones and shells and things on his neck. And he steps forward and he gives a bow and takes uh, the faithful's hand in his, what can I do for you, faithful? And the old man gives him a bow as well. And he says, chieftain, these visitors have come. They claim that the darkness is upon us and that we should leave. And the chieftain like, kind of looks him in the eyes for a second, and then he looks at the three of you. You all say anything? Mm. He's just staring you guys down. He's not saying a word right now. Jim has so many eyes, he thinks he can win the staring contest. He probably could. So he's trying. Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> hello. My name is Chieftain Gorbolg. I am the leader of the Fearbolg, and welcome strangers thank you sir we beseech you please consider joining us in resettling your village to a place less likely to be erased from existence correct me if i am wrong and i do not mean to be rude but are you not from manumi yes and are you not also from manumi he says looking at vance yes isn't it cool? <laughs> he just kind of looks at you for a second, annoyed, with an annoyed look on his face. She doesn't even process. Then why do you come here and try to tell the Fearbolg what we should do with our own people, with our own home? We merely advise. Mm. We won't force you anything, but we do value your lives. Well, you value our lives. As Atonia did. As Atonia, you speak for Atonia. I am her champion. His eyes kind of get big and he looks at uh, Faithful again. Yes, this is Atonia's champion, the one we have heard about. He claims that the darkness is very close and that if we do not leave immediately, then we face certain destruction. Certain and imminent, I might add. Does Valdecor add anything or say anything? He's kind of keeping to himself, and he's not really like maybe he's keeping his eyes on the ground right now, not really 
I don't know, trying to keep to himself, maybe. So you are the one from Monumi, chosen by the goddess. Chosen instead of us, of course. I wouldn't say instead of you. I mean, she created you, so in a sense she chose you in a way that she didn't choose me. A much deeper way. So were you not created by Otonia, then? No, I was grafted in as one untimely born. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Well, look, I don't mean to be rude, but the Fearbulg are a proud people. We have survived on our own strength before. We are not afraid of storms. We are not afraid of darkness. This is our home. You say we face certain death, but how can you be so sure? Have you have you seen... I mean, well, this is... I apologize. I am highly tempted to delve into discourse on epistemology currently because that is one of my <laughs> passions. How can we be sure? Well, how can we be sure of anything? Foundational question, that is. And few ask it, and I'm glad you did. Yet, time is of the essence, and I do not have time. What is truth? What is truth, sir? Exactly. The truth stands before you. Adelina writes down, Vance is truth? Question mark. <laughs> Vance is life. Vance is love. Vance is love. No. Vance is love. I will lay out these proofs before you. One, observation of the encroaching shadow. It has laid waste to all that is sent beyond it. Two, study of the realms of the gods and their mechanics and the magic that underlies them and an understanding of what comes of this. Now, maybe, maybe crossing through that barrier between Atonia's realm and the nothing beyond leads to a great journey, a transcendence. But there's no reason to believe that. For all intents and purposes, everything I've studied points to the idea that whatever crosses that veil is utterly obliterated. Oof. Hmm. Give me a persuasion check, Jim. 22. Oh, oh my goodness. That is a quite, a, quite a good persuasion check. Very persuasive. Jim has been studying uh, rhetoric as well as epistemology. I see. <laughs> so the chieftain, like, he crosses his arms. He looks down at you. I can sense your sincerity, champion. But I need... I need... Uh, I do not want my people to die needlessly, but I also do not want to lose our home. It is not simple. The, the Fyrbolg have been here as long as we have lived. We have never left. We are a simple folk. Uh, as he's saying this, you guys hear a, a, a strange noise come from outside the hut. It's almost like a sort of horn, like a signal. And then you hear a little bit of a commotion. And as you do, the, the chieftain, he's kind of interrupted in his thoughts. Uh, ex excuse me. And he kind of pushes past you all and steps outside of the hut. wonder what's going on out there. <laughs> do you all follow him outside? Do you stay inside? I will give a strange look to the faithful. He also uh, turns and begins to walk out. I'll follow him. Uh, should, should we wait here or? You hear the horn again, closer this time. Let's go see what that horn's all about. Yeah. 
That's probably a good idea. You all step outside the hut, and, and, and like, there's like a little porch er, porched area that leads into it that you stepped up on before. And now at the standing on the steps in front of you is the chieftain. He's like huge, almost eight feet tall. Uh, and then the faithful beside him and Baldacor beside the faithful. And, and like there's a bunch of people kind of gathering now. A bunch of Fearbulg have come out and are gathering in the center of the like area there in front of of this hut and then running in atop steeds probably a dozen maybe of these figures at least three of them are centaurs um, and they are they come running in they kind of run in a circle in front of you guys you know kind of like putting on a little bit of a show there are also some very small beings that you can't really place because they're moving very, very quickly. You just kind of see them flitting across back and forth across the ground. Uh, there's sort of like a mishmash of these different beings. You see at least one turtle. Uh, you see an Eladrin, which you obviously recognize, uh, Adelina, and one of these centaurs who is covered in like a deep dark blue fur. He comes running up, but like sort of in the midst of all these other ones, right up to the steps and Atop his back is something you've never seen before, Vance, but you, the other, there are others of you would have seen, and that is this sort of like humanoid cat person, which Jim, you, and the others, you would know, you would immediately recognize as a tabaxi. But something is strange about them. They are all painted with like these black lines. There's these black like markings down their arms and then like on their heads. Some of them like in a circle around their head, almost like a ring. Some of them like down their cheeks. The tabaxi has them coming down from the top of her head and like they meet at her eyes and then her eyes are like coated in these like black and like black paint and then down her cheeks and like meeting at the chin. She lively jumps down off of the centaur and kind of like comes walking up approaching the rest of you. She is uh, dressed in simple gray clothes, and she gives a curtsy in front of you all. So you might say that she is a curious cat. She seems to be, or at least you're curious about her. She gives a little curtsy bow, and then she stands facing uh, all of you, and especially the chieftain with her hands behind her back. And she says, Hail, chieftain. And the chieftain kind of like shuffles, and he says, Hail, with whom do I have the pleasure of speaking? And she kind of gets this big toothy grin. We are the Order of the Absence. And we have come to welcome you into this absence. And at this point, like all the others that are with her have kind of like come up behind her and stopped and are just standing there. Eerily staring forward. They've all got these black markings and they're not saying anything. They're just kind of standing there. And they all have the same sort of expression. It's a pretty, like, chill, almost emotionless expression. Valdecor is going to step forward and kind of get in front of the faithful. Okay. Kind of shielding him. Yeah, you're, like, right in front of him, uh, and the chieftain's kind of in front of you. Uh, what order is this? What, or what absence? She gets another one of those grins. The absence that is coming for all. Is it an excused absence or an unexcused absence? She tilts her head, looking over towards you. How many tardies make up one of these absences? Hmm. She jerks her head, sideways looking at you as well. <laughs> she doesn't respond. Okay, but like seriously, what kind of absence? <laughs> the absence of all things. All things? Like, all things here? Um, Can I make some kind of like inside check or something just to see if... 
if that would have anything to do with maybe one of their races or if I get a vibe from them or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you want to, you can make me an insight check. 24. Oh my goodness, this insight's outrageous over here. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Does not sound familiar to you in the slightest, but get the feeling. Uh, it, it seems very similar to this darkness that uh, Jim has been talking about. The absence is coming. It is very near. I'm gonna kind of, kind of turn back toward the faithful and kind of, kind of whisper toward them. Mm-hmm. These strangers. I feel an ill omen from them. No ill omen, Fearbowl. She says, and she kind of like leans over so she can see you, like look right in your eyes. We have come to usher you into the absence. Yee. It is coming, as Atonia has willed it. And you see, like, all of them standing behind her, they, like, give, like, they, like, bow their heads, like, almost in, like, a honorific sort of way. Uh, Faithful steps over toward you, Jim. Hi. Do you know of this order? I do not. I don't, right? No. This is news to me. The Faithful turns toward this tabaxi. Tell us what sort of absence is coming and how close is it she gives another one of those big weird grins with those lifeless eyes the absence of everything the storm the darkness it is on your border and she like raises a hand and points a clawed finger like off to the right it is coming it will be here soon Wait a second. If you people are so excited about this absence thing, why are you running from it? We are the shepherds. We are the order of the absence. We serve the will of Atonia. And once we have completed our task, we too will embrace the absence. We will embrace the will of our goddess, who has passed judgment on this land. And soon everything that she created will be washed away. And then we will be born anew. No, 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 no. You <laughs> you got it all wrong. See, I don't know where where you heard about this judgment stuff. She loves this land, loved it. But she has, well, she has died. And it's not a matter of choosing to leave it behind and forsake it. It is a matter of being forced to do so through her untimely demise. And just as her demise was untimely and senseless, so too is the demise of this land and all who dwell in it. But it need not be so. I would like to use divine sense. Okay. So I can know the location of any celestial fiend undead within 60 feet. Hmm. Are they any of those? No, you don't sense any celestial fiends or undead. Uh, Are they good or evil? You would go with your gut on this? Evil. Yeah, because I can detect good and evil. Yes, indeed. What? I know, it's weird, right? Crazy. She cocks her head to the side and looks at you with a creepy look. Keeps that weird smile going. And all those other figures behind her have that, like, blank stare. And then she looks again at the chieftain. Do not listen to the flowery words of this outsider. You are the fearable proud race made by Atonia to live here in this place and now that she is gone 
and her world is being taken by the absence, so must we. Or else we are not, she says with her head twisted, looking toward Brigid. Faithful. No, you say that I come with flowery words when you... I'm the absent-minded aloof one trying to pluck words out of my scattered brain. You're you're the one over here. Oh, yes, don't listen to the flowery words. <laughs> that, that, you're the one with the flowy, flowery speech. Her smile cracks a little bit. Come now, noble firebolg. You listen to this nonsense, this one who invites oblivion? You call yourself the champion of Otonia, and yet you would break her will? You would dishonor her memory? Okay, but like, how can somebody that's dead have will? We are to be reborn. But how do you know that? We have seen it. And then they all say, we, we have, have seen, seen it. it. Okay. Where did you see it? We have seen it. We, we have, have seen, seen it. it. Okay, okay, you say you've seen it, but did you record it? Do you have any evidence of your seeing? They all draw weapons. <laughs> And then she looks at the chieftain and she says, We have come to shepherd you into the absence. Will you remain with your home and accept the will of your goddess? Or will you flee like cowards and die? Valdecor is going to turn back to the faithful and say, Master, get to the chieftain's hut. He looks up at you for a moment and then he he gives you like a simple nod and then looks back forward again. But you can see he's kind of like getting ready to do something, walk or do something. Jim, I'll tell you what I'm going to do here. You and she are going to roll checks here. So go ahead and give me another persuasion check, Jim. And you can have advantage. All right. After your success earlier, plus just doing a bang-up job. Oh, boy. What you got? A dirty 20. Okay, she's got a natural one. (laughs) Rip. The chieftain reaches onto his back, and he pulls out two hand axes. Takes one in each hand. We will neither remain to die or die by your hand. You will leave this place now, or we will take your lives where you stand. And her smile leaves, and she shakes her head. The absence comes, whether you like it or not. And then she leaps forward towards you all. And let's roll initiatives. Is that the one that's plus dexterity? It is also known as your initiative. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, Sir Vance, what'd you get? 19. 19. Jim Alilkart. An eight. Eight. Okay, Valdecor. I got a five. Five. And Adelina? I got a 21. <laughs> Woo, look at that. Look at that, look at that. Spring in action. <laughs> here we go. Now, here's what you see. A bunch of these little bitty things on the ground start zipping in and out, and a couple of you quickly see as two of them run up the shoulders of the chieftain and start, like, stabbing him with these tiny little daggers. And the chieftain kind of, like, takes off running forward, like, toward this... Catwoman, the tabaxi, but she literally leaps over top of him and is rushing toward the four of, well, the three of you specifically. Valdecor, you're standing there as well. The faithful has turned and begun to walk inside, as you told him. I mean, he's old and he knows what's up. He needs to get out the way for now. So he is backing up into the hut. The others of you are on this porch. We're going to say it's about 15 feet wide, pretty long, kind of wraps around. And this cat lady is running up toward you all. And the first person who's going to get a chance to react or act, rather, 
is Adelina. Adelina, what would you like to do? Hey. Cat lady is right in front of you coming up towards you. There are a number of these little quick little zippy zippy doodah things, which you recognize now that you've seen them stopping on the chieftain as quicklings. Uh, they are a, a race of tiny little fast people who live here uh, in... Uh, the Grove. Uh, you also see two centaurs running in your direction. Kind of leaning towards a chromatic orb, because that sounds cool. <laughs> okay. Yes. What level? We'll just start out with level one for now to preserve the higher levels for later, and then we'll see how it goes. Okay, level one chromatic orb? Yeah. Two. All right. Roll now. Roll that. Yeah. Plus good. seven. Dang. Hey. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> So that was a 26. That's a lot of damage. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's a 26. All right. So uh, what sort of damage are you doing Get here? Get on. You choose. Yes, I do. You got acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison, or thunder. Let's do cold because those guys were kind of cold. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right. So roll me your DiMaggio, which in this case is 3D8s. So that's 14 on okay. this. Yeah. Uh, your chromatic orb is... Uh, uh, what does it look like when it comes out? It's like this little, like, ice blue sphere thing. And okay. I got, I'd gotten out my staff by this point. I forgot to mention my staff. It kind of looks, okay. it basically looks like a stick. Like, just a rather long stick. Because I knew okay. I had to have a staff, so I just grabbed a stick and was like, here's my staff. And so it shoots out of the end of the staff at one of the little quickling dudes. Because I'm like, hey guys, that's not cool. And I shoot it at them. And it's like a nice blue thing. All right, one zips up onto the chieftain's shoulder right as this thing comes, and it just crashes into his back. When it does, he flies off of the dude's shoulder, uh, turns into salt ice in the air, and then breaks into a million pieces when he smacks the guy. Nice. <laughs> Dead so. First blood. Next is Savance. Savance off to wall. What would you like to do, Savance off to wall? I would like to uh-huh. use... Do it. I would like to use my yes. channel divinity. Okay, to do. How close are all these people? Um, so the 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 tabaxi is like ten feet from you, running in your direction. Mm-hmm. Fifteen feet, maybe. Right. Ten, fifteen feet. The centaurs are probably about thirty thirty-ish feet away from you, running in your direction. The quicklings are about twenty feet in front of you, uh, zipping around the uh, El Capitan, the chieftain, right now. So all these people are within thirty feet. Yeah. Okay. So I use my channel divinity to use the dreadful aspect. As an action, each creature rejoices that you could see within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw. On failure, the target is frightened of you for one minute. If it moves more than 30 feet from you, it can attempt another saving throw. Okay, so they are all making a wisdom saving throw? Yes. Okay. All right, the quicklings are going to go first. No, they fail. Nice. All three of them. So they are afraid of you. Uh, then the centaurs. And what is the DC? 14. Okay, the centaurs, I do believe, succeed. Yes, they do. They got a 14, actually. Okay. Uh, and then the cat lady, Wisdom, also succeeds. She got a, a dirty 20. But the quicklings are all frightened of you. So being frightened, and that's all it does, right? They're just frightened of you? Yes. What that means is on their turn, they can't move towards you. You do anything as a bonus action? I pull the handle from my side, the white bone handle. Yes. And 
from it grows a very large blade bigger than you would think a normal person would be carrying an anime sword mm-hmm. yes absolutely mm-hmm. with the blue edge giant great anime sword white with blue on the edging yes mm. and I take off running towards the tabaxi because that's the one that's headed closest Ooh. yep she's coming in on you and I use the hex spell as a bonus action and what kind of save no, it's just it just happens. The spell does. Yeah. You place a cur- cur- curse on a creature you can see until it ends. You deal an extra one d six necrotic damage whenever you hit them. You also choose one ability. They have disadvantage on ability checks. Oh more. yeah. Oop. Um, we'll say dexterity. Cool, cool, cool. All right. And is that the end of your turn? Yes. All right. Now it's time for the quicklings to go. They are trying to stab, stab on the chieftain and since they are within line of sight of their frightened image they're going to roll disadvantage three of them are which you know what's funny about this is they like have a bunch of little attacks i think yeah so i'm gonna roll nibble just have to keep rolling here rolling 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 first one's a miss that one is another miss that one is another miss they seem really freaked out they haven't rolled over a 10 yeah boy okay that's another miss each of them gets three attacks I've rolled a two like four times. Okay, here we go. This is a okay. This is one hit. Here we go. Nine. Okay, so they one of them sticks a dagger into the back of the chieftain. He lets out a little little yell. One more. That's a nat twenty and a ten. So <sighs> one attack got through. There were nine attacks and one got through. Nice. You're welcome, chieftain. Uh, the chieftain is is living to see another day because of the fear. Can I say also that I forgot to say? Okay. Whenever I cast the hex, mm-hmm. as I'm running towards the tabaxi, you see an eye in the handle in the hilt open okay. up and glare mm-hmm. directly into the eyes of the tabaxi. Oh, no. I see you. Oh, good. Okay, at this moment, you hear a sound. It's like a flapping sound. Ew. Like wings, like wings flapping. And then something, as you're rushing toward this tabaxi, crashes onto the ground between you and her. It also has these big black lines of marks down its face and jaw. Actually, its look very similar to hers. And it's got like a cat-like, kind of man-like, kind of lion-like face with big, great wings. Hmm. You don't really know what this thing is called, but Jim would, and so would the others. A manticore uh, lands down there between you and her. Let's out a roar, and it lunges at you, Sir Vance. Try me. Okay, it's going to. The first thing it's going to do is try and bite you. It's a hit. Ooh. So you're going to take a hit here. You're going to take a one, two, three, four, five damage. Five piercing damage as it lunges forward and bites you. As a reaction, mm-hmm. I will cast Hellish Rebuke. Hellish Rebuke. Okay, dexterity save? Yep. You rebuke it hellishly. Ooh, that is a good save. It's not a nat 20, but it's close. It's a 19 pluses. So it's Darn. a 22. He so he does save, but does he, he takes half damage still, right? Yes. Pretty sure. Pretty sure you do. 2d10s. Oh, 2d10s. All right. Roll that for me. 12 damage. Okay, so he takes six. Uh, what is it? Fire? Yes. He takes six fire damage. He didn't like that one bit. And to show you that he doesn't like it, he is going to fire three spikes off of his tail edge. That's illegal. 
Oh, here they come. You ready? Yep. Only one of them hits. Good. Vance Matrix dodges. One of them is a hit. Yeah, he's... <laughs> one of the spikes sticks in your shoulder, and you take six piercing damage. All in all, not a great round for him. Nope. To be honest. Step up your game, Manticore. <laughs> okay. All right. Now that's the end of his turn, and the centaurs are rushing forward. One of them runs straight up toward you, Mr. Fearbulk. What's your armor class? Um, it is sad. Uh, it's nine. Okay, so I looked at your character sheet a second ago, and I noticed that. You didn't have your leather armor on, so it is a 10. Look at that. That's so much better. I equipped it for you. So just if you refresh your um, character sheet, it should show that you have that on now, and it's a 10. Sorry, he forgot to put his clothes on this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he forgot to. Yeah, yeah, he forgot to put his clothes on. Uh, so, But that is going to be a hit, so let me just roll the damage real quick. He's trying to, first thing he's going to do is like, kind of like rear back and try to punch you with his hooves, and that's what this was. So that's going to be a hit. And you take, ooh, 12 damage. All right, all right. Then he stabs his uh, his spear thingy towards you. This is a miss, believe it or not. Nice. I can take it. <laughs> it is an eight total to try and hit you. Nice. Uh, but you, you, you got a bruise where he, he punched you with a couple hooves. The other centaur comes up and is going toward Jim, who is staying there. Jim Aliel. Jim. What is your armor class, Jim Aliel? 13. That is a hit, so you're going to take some hoof damage. No. Ooh, that is bad. You take 15 hoof damage. I'm dead. Man. Well, a five and a six on that. Look at that. That's ridiculous. Uh, and then he's going to stab at you with his speary spear. Ooh. That is not good. In fact, he goes to stab you with his speary spear, and when he does, one of those spikes that missed Cervantes Perfect. stabs him in the back. I like it. Uh, as he rolled a natural one. Yeah, boy. He put himself in the line of fire, and he's going to take six damage. And that ends his turn. And now it is Jamaliel's turn. Jamaliel. As a bonus action, I'm going to cast Shadow Blade. Oh, I like that spell. Me too. I weave together threads of shadow to create a sort of solidified gloom in my hand. Gloom. And then you do stabby stabbies? I want to go and stabby stab this the, the person. Exactly. Okay, go ahead and make that uh, make that roll. It's an 18 plus. Ooh, doggies. So that's 10 rolled. 10 total damage? Yes. All right. He takes 10 damage. He no likes. Uh, is that the end of your turn? Uh, yes. All right. Valdecor. Who's who's nearby? What am I looking uh, at? You got attacked, right? Yep, I got hoofed. So he's right He's right in your biz. He's right up in your biz. Okay. As a bonus action, I'm going to cast uh, Shillelagh. Shillelagh? Or Shillelagh. 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 On my staff. And then I'm going to give a good swing. Good tap on the head. Yep. And when you cast Shillelagh, it's a plus eight to hit. Nice. 27. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That's at least your second 19 of the night. Uh, <laughs> that is a hit. So roll me that damage. 1d8 plus 4. 12. 12 damage is uh, against this centaur in your biz. Now, I, do I tickle it? Uh, you. He did not like it. He did not like it at all. Okay. 
It rung little, its bell. A little spank. You see a little bit of emotion cross his face. <laughs> and the emotion that crosses his face is, I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that one bit. Very good. Is that uh, is that it for you this turn? Yeah. I do believe it be. Okay. That means it has come down to El Tabaxi. El Tabaxi. She's standing behind El Montecor. She is going to hold up her hand. She's got a staff in one hand, and the other one, she just kind of holds it up, and she kind of mumbles some things under her breath, saying something you can't understand. And when she does, this uh, blast of, of greenish energy comes shooting out of her staff hand toward Adelina. Oof. Just trying to give you a staff infection. Oh, no. <laughs> that can't be good at all. I need a constitution saving throw from you. Ooh. 30-20. Oh, goodness. Well, that's pretty good. Nice. Nasty 20. <laughs> Disgusting 20. Repulsive 20. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I did read this incorrectly, but it's okay. I still needed that constitution save, which is good. You, It is an attack, and she does hit your armor class. A, okay. Like a, mm. a 17 hits your armor class, right? Yeah. In the, okay, so you take nine poison damage. Okay. You do take that, but you save, which prevents you from becoming poisoned, which is good. Nice. That is good. Poisoned, no, is good. To save. You are saved from the poison. You You saved. You don't poison. By grace. (laughs) You've been saved from poison. (laughs) Yes. Through faith. Not of yourselves. And that is the gift of God, and you are not poisoned. (laughs) Okay. Uh, that's the end of your turn, or her turn, actually. That's all she's going to do this turn. She po- she tried to poison you. She hurt you, but she didn't poison you. Mm. Adelina, it's your turn. You react to that. Okay. Is anybody up in my biz at the moment? No, no one's really close to you. All right, because the next thing I was going to do was I was going to do mm. um, mage armor to help prevent stuff like that from happening. So- okay. <laughs> um. Mage armor is good. Yeah. Your AC becomes 13 plus your dex. So what is your dex? Your dexterity is a plus three. So your armor class for the next, what is it, minute? Like that, eight hours. Nice. You have a 16 armor class for the next eight hours. So keep that in mind as attacks come your way. Is that the end of your turn? Yes. (laughs) All right. You have been protected from attacks. Sir Vance, it's your turn. Yeah. So as that spike hit me. Mm Mm-hmm. And the other ones were headed for me. You see me disappear immediately on upon impact as I cast oh. Misty Steps. Oh. And appear behind the tabaxi. Okay. And slash right at her. Okay, I'm going to give you advantage. I like that. Nice. Slasher. Oh my goodness. You roll nat 20. So that's a dirty 20 and a nat 20. Plus 10, which is 30. Oh, 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 my goodness. Dang. <laughs> Dang. Natural 20. Okay, so what... A, D-E-D. What is all the damage you have on her right now? Because you have the hex <laughs> damage too, right? Okay, so I, I guess it already has me set up for crit damage because that would be 46 plus 6, right? Because normally it's 2d6. Dang it, boy. And then an extra d6 from the hex. Yeah, uh, which that's an extra 2d6. Oh yeah. You roll that boy. hex that hex goes on two times, not just one with crit delicious. Oh yeah. Because it's included damage. Let's see what you got. That's twenty. Oh my gosh. Plus a D6. Twenty-two. 
Okay, and another d6. Oh, yeah, another d6. And another one. 27. Another one. Dang, boy. Another. I'm going to tell you what. You heard her real bad. She, like, shrieks like a cat shriek. It ain't no good. Uh, Then what happens? Then I slash again. (laughs) (laughs) No advantage on this one. Let's just have the roll. That's a 14. Okay. Uh, That might... Uh, Nope, that does not hit. So your second one misses, but it's okay because your first one hit real hard. Is that the end of your turn? Yeah, it is. Okay. So that's the end of your turn. She turns around facing you now. Not happy about it. Not happy about it in the least. The quicklings go to stabbing. They they all have disadvantage. Um, and actually, before they stab, the, the chieftain's going to get a chance to do a thing. Oh, okay. So the chieftain actually manages to grab one of them. Oh, the chieftain rolls a natty 20. Uh, nice. The chieftain, nice. like, dusts. He, like, smashes get one. Him, to the, he throws one on the ground and stomps <laughs> on it. The other one, he, like, bats out of the air with one of his axes and literally chops it in half. That's amazing. Two of them are dead, and the other one is now going to try and stab him with disadvantage, but it, it's not, it doesn't seem to be very, uh, it, oh, it's a natural one on the first one. Okay, so <laughs> when it rolls a natural one, it's going to fall off, and he's going to stomp it, uh, and it dies yes. also. Perfect. Um, so they're all dead. When they die, the chieftain yells out, Two arms! And, like, everybody, like, is coming in now, and you all see so- all the other ones that are out there are, like, now being attacked by other Fearbolt. You see, like, some rocks flying toward them uh, and some arrows. An arrow comes flying out and hits that manticore in the back and does eight damage. The manticore turns around, and it is going to... Uh, well, actually, no. When you disappear, uh, it's just going to rush t- forward toward the other ones. It's going to try and um, gang up on the big fear bulk there in front of it. So the Manticore is going to try and make some attacks on you, Valdecor. It's going to try and bite you. What's your armor class? 10? Yep. Unbelievable. But that is a 9. <laughs> yes. With a bite. And he's going to try and claw you two times. Okay. Bring it. Here comes one. Manticores are illegal. One is an 11, so that's a hit. Oh, the other one's a natural one. Yes! So I'm going to give you the damage from the 11. He bites himself. <laughs> well, this is a claw. Uh, he's going to claw you once. He claws his tail off. Yeah, with a D6. That's a 4 plus. He's a 7 damage from the claw, the first claw. Second one is a natural one. Uh, the second claw is going to swing wide and actually swipe onto the centaur that's standing there next to you guys. Nice. Or... Uh, 11 damage. It was a very strong claw on that dude. That centaur is not looking so good. And that'll be the end of his turn. The centaur that just got clawed, he like turns and looks at the manticore and, and he looks like confused for a moment, like he's shaking his head. Bruh. And then he's going to try and attack you, Valdecor, getting ganged up on. That is a two. Yeah. Plus, that's Get a miss. with it. And a three. I literally, with the Can't same die. Me. Okay, this, this is my favorite die, but it's going to prison. That is a, an, uh, I mean, even with his bonus, what is his bonus? Yeah, no, no, that's not going to do it. Yeah, that's a seven and an eight, wow. respectively. I literally, the last three rolls were a one, two, and three. Scrubs. Dice prison. And you're my favorite die. I love you. Don't worry. <laughs> so he misses completely. The other centaur is up here with Jim. He's going to try and attack Jim real quick. Same thing. He's going to try and hoof you, Jim. Get hoofed. Got hoof. Goldie. Okay. What's your armor class, Jim? 13. Lucky number. 
That is a 14, so that is going to hit. So you'll take 2d6 damage. 2d6? Is that a number? It's a one. It is one and a three, four, five, nine damage from the hooves. And he tries to stab you, and this one is a 12. So that is a miss. They have yet to successfully stab anybody. Nice. Uh, But you got hooved. With that, it is your turn, Jim. Go ahead and tell me what you're going to do. I've got a centaur up in my biz, right? That's correct. Is there anything else within 10 feet of me? Within 10 feet of you, yes. There is another centaur and a manticore within 10 feet of you. Okay. I am going to take a step. Okay. A A thunder step. Oh, I like that spell. Nice. Okay. So what do I see within 90 feet of me? Everything I have said so far. So right here within 15 feet of where you're standing are the, those three enemies I just mentioned. Plus, I would say that uh, Adelina is probably 15 feet to your left. And Valdecor is pretty close to. He's right there next to those Manticore, the Manticore and the other dude. Uh, in front of you, you see Cat Lady, who's currently engaged in battle with Servants. You see uh, other Centaurs, Tortles. You see more of like quicklings and everything's out in the middle of the field. They're all locked in combat now with the villagers who have joined in to the battle. So that's what you see kind of everywhere. Okay. Now there's like some space where there's nobody if you want to get a little out of the way. Okay. I want to kind of get a little out of the way, but to where I could still, you know, I'm close enough to step in and stab a fool with my shadow blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that pretty easily. Okay. So I want to, you know, kind of get a little out of the way with my thunder step. So, I teleport to an occupied space that I can see within range, and there's a thunderous boom, and each creature within 10 feet of the space I left has to make a constitution saving throw. I'll say that you can set it up in such a way that it won't hurt Valdecor. Okay. Please don't hurt me. Both of the centaurs... Valdecor's having a rough go right now. Both of the centaurs and the manticore have to make a save, correct? Here comes El Manticore. What's the save? A con. And it's 17. Okay, that is a 6 plus his constitution. I don't think he got a plus 11. Manticore fails. Centaur. Constitution, that's a 15. Other centaur saves. Okay, so one of the centaurs save. I'm going to say the one uh, that is next to Valdecor saves. The one next to you fails, and the Manticore fails. So what do they take? So 27. Oh, my goodness. 27 damage on the manticore. Thunder damage. Nice. There's a... And blood just starts pouring out of his ears. <laughs> the centaur next to you. That's awesome. The same thing happens to him. His eyes roll back in his head and he falls over. Rip earphone users. <laughs> the one over beside Valdecor takes half damage, right? Uh, Yeah, he takes 13. Blood also comes out of his ears and he like takes it, both of his hands up to it and is like... Argh! Uh, but he is still standing, and so is the Manticore, although both of them look quite shaken. Valdecore, what do you do? Uh, well, real quick, this can oh, be sorry, heard up to 300 feet away. Yeah. So everything within 300 feet knows Jim just exploded. Yes. That was, <laughs> nasty. that was a nasty spell. Is that the end of your turn, Jim? Yes, and I am all out of spell slots. Valdecore, what you do, bro? The centaur in front of me is still alive, right? Yeah, he's grabbing his ears. Uh, I'll give you advantage on an attack on him if you want it. Has it, uh, has it been one minute? Probably been a minute. No, mm-hmm. it has been six seconds. Wow, you know, time flies when it doesn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I still got my shillelagh going. You do, so, yes. It lasts for ten rounds as a minute. 
Well, I'm just gonna just give it to him. Whack him. Do it. Roll it. Advantage. Knock his block off. Knock his block off. Okay. Roll it again <laughs> just in case it's not a crit. Dirty 20. Uh, go ahead and roll Roll your damage. It's 10 damage. Uh, how does it look when you kill him? I mean, I'm just gonna whop him upside the head. and <laughs> Just baseball swing. <laughs> mm. it's, it's crush his head. His legs just crumple, like all four of them, and he just <laughs> hits the ground. That's amazing. Here's what happens in this moment. There is a thunderous boom. Blood kind of like squirts out of this dude's ear. The one over there, blood shoots out of his ear. He crumples down. The manticore like roars. The centaur dude's holding his head. You square up and you swing and you whack his head almost clean off with a shillelagh. (laughs) Shillelagh. And then his neck just kind of jerks to the side and he crumples and goes down to the ground. And when that happens, there is a strong burst of wind that blows across the village. Mm. It is icy cold. Uh oh. And there is the sound of more thunder. Dervetter? What did Jim call? The tabaxi throws her head back, cackling. <laughs> the absence is here. I grab the tabaxi and hurl her into the absence. <laughs> <laughs> and that is where we are going to end uh, this episode. Gotta wait till next week. Yep. <laughs> next week. Hey, thank you for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, what's going to happen? Nobody knows. Will Servants and Jim and Adelina and Valdecor die here in the absence? Will the creepy tabaxi nothing cult get everybody killed? Probably. Tune in next time to see. On Dragon Ball Z. Adios. Goodbye. Bye. Farewell. So long. <laughs> Goodbye. The orange Dracon Kelly is in it. Oh my goodness gracious. No, it's not. Chaz is here? (laughs) (laughs) No, Chaz already had his chance. (laughs) It's our turn now. Wait, are we actually revealing that Jim is the orange this time? I thought that was going to be next time. I thought Jim's the purple Dracon Kelly. With all the eyes on him. He's both. (laughs) Multicolored. (laughs) Muscular, but short. Okay. Okay, we we can. His name is Servants <laughs> Off the Wall. <laughs> oh, oh, oh okay. <gasps> the people's wait. <laughs> the people's <laughs> no. anti-champion. The people's oh. people. Yes. The people's people. He's for the people's. You know, for someone who is about to eat some of these cookies, you're doing an awful lot of complaining, Bats. They could be poisoned, for all I know. <laughs> They're certainly poisoned, but not enough to kill you. Just enough to, you know. Anyways. Give me the runs. No. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, this is silly. Jim. Hello? No, you can't respond. You fold up. You gotta wait. Wait down. Wait. New scroll who dis. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Now, this is the first time that you've ever seen Fearbolg, Jim. And so (laughs) there's... I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what is that please <laughs> he says and he kind of looks up at Valdecor this is my apprentice Darth Maul <laughs> he was to become Darth Maul I mean his name is very similar to Voldemort tell me <laughs> oh no <laughs> it's like Voldemort and Falcor had a name baby um yes okay 
Let me edit this name real quick. I like Falcor. Falcor. Anyway, <laughs> Alan. What? Have you looked at your skills, Alan? <laughs> yeah, I forgot that was there. <laughs> <laughs> Alan has a skill down here. It's a charisma-based skill in which he is trained that's just called Dope Shiz. <laughs> oh, man. That's that's my best skill. That's his best skill. It's a plus nine. <laughs> I can sense your sincerity. Almost. Thou hast persuaded me. Almost. Almost persuaded. <laughs> oh, that's a classic. Um, Persuade dead? I, I, oh, no. This is news to me. It's new. New news. News. <laughs> That's why they call it news. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I knew that. You knew that? Oh! <laughs> I did. It's too much. It's too much. Or else we are not. She says with her head twisted, looking toward Brigid. Faithful. Be silent. Keep your forked tongue behind your teeth. <laughs> okay, Gandalf. I have not passed through fire and death to bend <laughs> crooked words with a witless worm. <laughs> I love it. Oh, goodness gracious. That's so good. <sighs> oh, I read that last night. Well, that, that's from the movie, but uh -huh. I, I read that part from the book last night. So good. 